You're listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 Tech. We talk with adventurers from around the globe to bring you the inspiration and motivation you need to get started in the outdoors or to keep you moving if you're already there. Episode 374. This is a state-of-the-show podcast episode for the Adventure Sports Podcast with Curtis and Travis. Today we talk about new changes coming to the show, a new format, exciting opportunities, as well as a few product discussions and things we have done and will be doing over the summer adventure season. Hey guys, it's Travis and Kurt. We are going to do a little bit different show today. You guys haven't heard from us in a while, so Kurt and I are going to give you uh, some updates, a little bit of a state of the podcast update, as well as some of our plans for the rest of our summer and some new exciting news that uh, that one of us has that we're thinking about doing with the family. So sit back, relax, and uh, let's get on with what we're going to do with the show. So Kurt, hey, how's it going? What do I mean? So I think, first of all, um, let's talk about the show a little bit. We are coming up on 400 episodes. I think if I counted... ASP stories and our little bonus episodes, we're probably over oh, yeah, 400 at this point. But man, that's quite a milestone that we're coming up on. Um, excited? How do you how do you feel about that? You know what? It's funny because this doing this show has changed my life in a lot of ways. It has encouraged me. I mean, you know, hopefully our listeners listen into a show and they get a little bit of encouragement. Maybe they go out and try something, and you know, but. Think about the person who's listening to every single show and working with uh, the guests and hearing from these amazing interviewees all the time. Man, it motivated me so much that um, I guess initially it was just so impactful. But I don't mind being candid about it. We've done the show so much now for so long that it, it feels normal. You know what I mean? And I'm super excited about the show continuing on and hitting that 400 mark, that 500 mark, that 1,000 mark later later on. But uh, you and I have had some kind of soul-searching moments about, well, where do we go from here, right? Because after about 400 episodes, um, the show hasn't done everything for our families and for us that we wanted it to do. So we're trying to sort that out. I'm just being real candid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking to the uh, being more adventurous because of the show, I hope our listeners are are kind of thinking the same way. I was talking to Jen, my wife, the other day, and you know she was kind of groaning, jokingly groaning about uh, the schedule because I keep coming into the house and saying such and such weekend is booked up now, you know, because we're you know doing this and doing that. And I think that as we've been doing the show each season. Um, each spring, I tend to fill up my adventure calendar earlier and earlier in the season, which has been great. Um, I think compared to how adventurous I was before doing the show, it's, man, it has grown so much by comparison. You know, we used to get out and do things, but it was, um, it was occasionally and we would just do one or two things. And now it's just like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta book up all these weekends, you know, before we lose our summer and we're already into winter and we're only talking about April and May, you know, and you have that fear of losing your season already that early. So that's a good sign. I think that keeps us going. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's like we said, wow, probably a year ago when we did something like this, you know, our bucket list gets so full. We know that we don't have enough lifetimes to, to take care of everything that's in the bucket. And that's fun. It's a fun place to be. I love the idea of, uh, getting the inspiration from our guests and saying, that's something I've got to do. Someday, somehow, I've got to do that. I hope that's what the show is for people. Yeah, and uh, that's the point of it. Yeah. So, you know what I think we ought to do to keep the show interesting for everybody because we don't want to just blab. I think we ought to tell some jokes. Uh, we just glanced online and found that there are a bunch of adventure or adventure sports-related jokes, and so... We thought it might be fun just to throw one in here and there, and we'll give credit to where it came from, so we're not just completely plagiarizing. But here's one for you. Uh, this is uh, on the website adventureprotocol.com, and it's uh, 21 jokes that climbers will understand. And then here's the first one. What, what do you call a climber who has recently been dumped? What? Homeless. <laughs> oh, I think the poor poor climbers are going to get a little bit of ragging on today's show, but that's fun. It's all fun and games. That's funny. 
we'll have a, a couple of more of those uh, later on. Oh, there's the one. You got to tell this one. The difference between a golfer and a climber? Um, yes. What's the difference between a golfer and a climber? One goes, whack, crap. And the other one goes, crap, whack. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Okay, it's one more. Up. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of messed up. That's bad. Uh, what do you do one more? Oh, what's the difference between a climber and a savings bond? What? A savings bond eventually matures and makes money. <laughs> uh, uh, I keep picturing Eldorado Springs uh, just south of uh, of Boulder every time we tell one of these jokes. Uh, those guys are all down there, and uh, it's all about them. <laughs> Climbing's good. Climbers are great. They all live in vans, which uh, I can relate to. Sometimes yeah. I'm jealous of their lives, so no offense, climbers. Well, and... It's important to say that you can be a climber without living the the dirtbag lifestyle, you know. And the dirtbag lifestyle has its rewards too, so we're not against yeah, it. But no anyway, doubt. it's just kind of funny. <laughs> kind of funny. Speaking of, I have big plans this summer to do more climbing. And okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. My daughter's coming home from college and she is a climber. I've mentioned that on the show before. And uh, she's quite good at it, better than I am. And so I'm thinking about uh, getting a new rope because my old rope probably should be retired now, and some fresh gear, and trying to be really intentional about getting out on the crags more. So that's part of what I'm planning for the summer. What do you got coming? Well, actually, I mean, if you guys are going to do that, let me know when you're doing it. Obviously, we're we're distant from each other these days, but we need to get get, get together and do it. Um, my kids have been wanting to do more climbing, and my harness and shoes are definitely uh, growing way too many layers of dust on them at this point. So I would like to get out and, and do some more myself. Um, we, of course, plan on doing all kinds of mountain biking, and we'll talk about a recent trip that we just had uh, coming down to Gunnison to ride with you guys. Um, as far as upcoming trips, we have a reattempt for the Lost Creek Wilderness backpacking trip coming up. Um, that's actually in a, in another week or so here. If you guys remember right, we, uh, got rained out of that one and we also had to bring a guy down because of altitude sickness. So my buddy and I are going to go back up and uh, retry that loop and I'm looking forward to actually seeing it because what I did see, although beautiful, was not uh, the most beautiful part of that that trail. So I'm anxious to see that. You've seen it, so you know what I'm getting into and I look forward to, to doing that. So um, on that trip, and I'm very excited about this, I finally get to try out my new hammock. I've not laid in that thing yet because uh, we just came out of winter and it's been too cold to do any hammock camping with my setup. So I'm totally stoked to uh, to sleep in the hammock for the first time. So there'll be uh, more information about that hammock and my experiences with it after that trip. It's so fun to, to get to try new stuff. You know, your, uh, your Lost Creek Wilderness trip last time you guys started going clockwise and so you didn't get to the, the valley that's so amazing. So I recommend that you go counterclockwise this time. Anybody that wants to see the the amazing stuff first, you got to go counterclockwise. Yeah, maybe. It might be a nice reward after a couple of days of hiking too. So we'll see. I'm not sure which way we're going just yet. I'll have to talk to my buddy and uh, see what his thoughts are. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a good trip. Um, things that we've done, as I mentioned, the season started out early. Um, my son Harley and I finally got to take our uh, cold weather trip. Uh, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago. And it gave me an opportunity to finally camp in that Big Agnes Storm King bag that Big Agnes gave me. Um, this was my opportunity to sleep outdoors in it. I've done a lot of uh, sleeping inside the van and even colder temperatures in the van, but it's different because of the you know different layers underneath you and insulation. So this was a trip to go out and snowshoe in and um, do some snow camping in that bag. And I have to say, I am more in love with that bag than I have been. Um, it is, has been a phenomenal bag. It's comfortable. It's cozy. In fact, we just use it on a, a family camp out this past weekend and temperatures got pretty cold outside and, uh, both my wife and I slept different nights in it and we both had the same experience. It was just, uh, it was super warm. I, I'm blown away about how much heat that bag reflects back onto you. So I don't know. I, we got a chance to do that, that trip. Uh, up in the the snow on um, 
oh, I forget which weekend it was, but we, they had a good snowfall. We snowshoed in there. It was just east of the Indian Peaks Wilderness, and we did a night over there. That night was crazy windy. Uh, in fact, it, off in the distance, it sounded like a massive waterfall. The wind was blowing so much that night, and the bag just kept me um, all kinds of warm. They uh, included a, a sleeping pad with it that works with the bag. So in this bag, the... The sleeping pad has to be under the bag because there's no insulation in the bottom of the bag. That's the intent of the bag is to put the sleeping pad in there. Um, but between that sleeping pad and the bag, I was uh, I was crazy comfortable. So I'm definitely uh, indebted to Big Agnes for setting that bag. It has been the best sleeping bag I've ever owned at this point. So, um, Just because I'm curious to hear it again, I, I kind of remember how that one's laid out, but... Uh, it's not standard. It doesn't have insulation all the way around, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. So on the bottom, there's about a foot of, um, it's just nylon, a uh, foot wide of nylon all the way down the length of the bag. Bag. So if you wanted to use this bag out on the ground without a sleeping pad, you'd be cold because there's no insulation there. But the upside to that is it cuts down on the bulk of the bag itself. So when you're going to have a sleeping pad anyway, which most of us are going to have, then they strip out that insulation on the bottom and then your sleeping pad takes place of that insulation. So between the sleeping pad and the bag, you're plenty well off the ground and plenty cozy inside it. Cool. So did when you and Harley went out for your winter camp, um, how cold did it get? It got down to about 20 degrees. I looked in... I had a thermometer with me and I looked at about midnight and it was 25. Um, so then I, between that and, you know, the overnight temps continuing to drop, I estimated it was about 20 degrees that night. I've been in that bag in 17 degrees. Uh, but like I said, that was inside my van, which isn't, isn't insulated, you know, any more than a, a regular passenger van. Uh, but the difference being that there's a lot more insulation in my bed underneath me. So even though the temperatures were 17 degrees inside the van, um, it was a little bit different experience. So that's why I wanted to get out on an actual winter trip, lay on the ground and see how it worked with the sleeping pad. Yeah. And it worked well. So that's a zero degree bag. Am I right? Correct. And because of its design, it compresses down pretty well. Yeah, it's uh, it's down, so it compresses smaller than any bag I've ever owned, yet it's still warmer than any bag I've ever owned. Okay, so there are uh, comfort ratings on these bags, and uh, most of our listeners probably know this if they've ever looked at sleeping bags, but a zero-degree rating for some people is a survival rating on those bags. Some manufacturers use it as in, yeah, you'll get through the night. Uh, other bags, it's a true better comfort rating, and in Europe, they've even created some sort of an industrial norm so that everyone is using the same scale. But do you know, is this one from Big Agnes, is it the true comfort rating or more of the survival rating? I believe it's the comfort rating. Um, and I say that because judging, you know, basing the, the 17 or 20 degree temperature and judging the amount of heat that was reflected back of me, I mean, even that 20 degree night, I actually got too hot in the bag and I wasn't in there uh, with anything but shorts and a t-shirt. Um, so I can't imagine it's a survival rating at zero degrees when it was reflecting that much heat back on me at 20 degrees. So yeah. I'll have to look it up. Though. So That's my a good question, my bag is, is more of a survival rating. Uh, I know that it's a zero degree bag, but if I were in anything near zero degrees without having layers and layers of clothes on and being in good shelter, I, I would be cold. I'd be very cold. Yeah. So the way I, yeah, the way I see this one is like I say, I was in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, on a 20 degree night and actually a little bit too warm. Um, if I were in zero degrees in this bag, I'm sure it'd be plenty comfortable, uh, but I'm sure I would have a long sleeve shirt and long, long pants and probably socks on. Um, but at that point, you know, that's, I don't really plan on sleeping in anything colder than that anyway. You know, at that point, <laughs> I'm probably sleeping in my van. Right on. Well, I'm glad you finally got to go out and do a true winter camp. 
So had to be fun. What was it like for Harley? It had to be one of his first times to get out in the cold overnight like that. Yeah, that was definitely his coldest trip. He had never gone on the the snow cave trips that, that you and I had taken, um, but he enjoyed it. He has a, a thicker, heavier, less expensive bag, but he was plenty comfortable, but he really enjoyed it. He, we kind of got out there. Uh, it was a Friday night and it was windy. The The wind was howling uh, on our way down the trail. I'm thinking, man, do we, you know, do we turn around? Because although you can certainly sleep in the wind and, you know, survive the wind, it's just, wind to me is just annoying. You know, it's just, it's, there's no fun, you know, existing in wind. So we decided to continue on and we got a, a few miles back in there. It was kind of the point of no return we weren't going to come back out late at night so we stuck it out um but he really enjoyed it it was one of those things that or one of those trips that kind of um you know screamed adventure in the sense that everything wasn't perfect you know it was uh kind of ugly weather conditions that night and the, the tent was blowing you know leaning over and hitting us in the face while we're trying to sleep and that kind of stuff but you know it makes for a fun story so he loved it. In fact, he's uh, he's away on a four day uh, backpacking trip this weekend, so we'll have to. Uh, he's out by Steamboat Springs. We'll have to get his updates when he gets back and see how he liked that. That'll be his longest trip that he's ever been on. Right on. Well, you guys have been doing a little bit of travel, and you have a whole lot of travel in your future. I'll let you talk about that. But I just came across thirty one travel puns so bad that they'll make all your friends and family leave you. <laughs> And this is on Empora.com, M-P-O-R-A.com. And I'm going to share a couple of those because there's some in here. These are puns, right? So they may not be that funny, but uh, here you have to think these through a little bit. If you don't get it right away, think about it. My suitcase started crying when I picked it up. I was carrying emotional baggage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, they said they were bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a couple in here that might be a little bit more creative. Uh the food on my flight wasn't very good. It was a little plain. I like that one, actually. <laughs> okay, enough. <laughs> All right, we better move on before everyone quits listening. Yeah, a bunch of people just clicked <laughs> off there. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we have on the list to cover? Um, we wanted to talk about where we're going to go with the podcast. Why don't we dive into a little of that? Because the future of the show is what we're talking about. Yep. Status of the show, future of the show. So here's the deal. We, again, we're talking about almost 400 episodes. We put a lot of work into this show. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think right now, if we were completely candid, to us, it's it, it, we lack a little motivation. Um, one, because we've been doing it for so long. And two, because we're we've kind of plateaued in a sense. So I bring that up because what we're looking to do is in, inject a little bit of change, a little bit of excitement and enthusiasm and motivation uh, into our show. I think it's going to be great for us, and I think it's going to be great for the audience. Um, so some of our plans to change the show up include the whole Patreon thing. So one of the things we want to do is put some content behind Patreon. Um, obviously this is to get more people to become patrons because that brings some income in for the show, uh, which is part of our motivation. We won't, we won't lie about that. Um, but what it allows us to do is build a community of members on Patreon that are more engaged and helping out with the show. So what I mean by that is some of the things we're going to do is we're going to put at least one episode a week behind the paywall of Patreon. So when you're a, a patron, you're a member of the show uh, by becoming a patron, then you you are the only ones that can hear that episode. So we're going to break up what we put out each week, kind of in a half and half scenario, and the patrons will be able to hear the free episodes that we've always released, but they'll also hear the Patreon-only episodes. And by becoming a Patreon member, you're also going to get a lot of other perks uh, because you're you're donating to the show. And what we want to do is when we review stuff and we get these demo things, we're going to give a lot of these things away to you Patreon members. So right now, I did a quick tally of the things we have to give away right now, and we're over $800 worth of 
of giveaways that we're going to be doing in Patreon. So uh, two of the things we're going to do are the bark baths that we got as demo units to try out. We're going to give those away, uh, Kurt's and mine. Those are $150 each, those bark baths. We have a tensile tent. We had the guys from tensile on uh, quite a long time ago, actually. And this is the the tent. It's kind of the cross between a tent and a hammock, and you string it up between three trees. And so you're up off the ground, but you still have the protection of a tent. We have one of those uh, they gave us as a demo unit. Uh, that's about a $300 tent, so we can give that away. The snowshoes that you reviewed, was it Faber was the name? Yes, Yep. So we're going to give those snowshoes away. Those are worth $170. And we also have another pair of the Aftershocks bone conduction earphones. We gave one pair away a while back and we have another pair to give away to you guys. So if you missed out on the Aftershocks contest, then here's your next chance. Uh, it costs you a whole $5 a month or, or more if you want, but you know, $5 a month and you can be a part of this and be a part of these contests. So these giveaways are only going to be to Patreon members at this point. Plus we have all these books. We interview a lot of authors and one of the things they do is, is send us, uh, copies of their books so we can kind of review it and, and know what the book is about and what to talk about. So we have a good handful of books that we're also going to be giving away to Patreon members. And then, of course, future things that we happen to get our hands on and, and uh, demo and review, uh, we're going to be looking to give those away too. So that's a ton of benefit for becoming a Patreon member, but that's not it. We're discussing, um, like I said, additional patron-only episodes. But one of the things we want to do is bring you guys in on the development and the direction of the show. So Patreon members will uh, get a couple of opportunities there. One of the opportunities will be uh, being a guest host for someone coming up on the show. So if we have somebody that is, you know, is a good, you know, a through hiker that has done the triple crown or something like that. And you as a guest and a Patreon member are planning on doing your own through hike. We want to give you guys the opportunity to join Kurt in the interview with our through hiking guest and give you the chance to ask your own questions. So we might not cover all of the questions that you guys want to ask or want to hear answers to. So this would give you guys a chance to join us on a Skype call and help interview that guest and be a part of uh, the show and the interview and get the, get the answers that you're looking for. We also want to give our patrons a chance to chime in on... Um, on the kind of the direction of the show, you guys can ask questions remotely. So if we have a guest coming up and you don't necessarily want to be part of a uh, an interview, a guest interviewer, um, you can submit questions before we actually do that interview, and we'll have Kurt ask the uh, the upcoming guest those questions that you guys have fielded. So these things are only available to uh, Patreon members. So. Um, we hope that you guys consider helping the show out by doing that. We produce a lot of content, like I said, 400 episodes. We've been doing a lot of work for this thing, and we do have some sponsorship, but the reality is sponsors haven't fully embraced podcasting yet. So the money that comes in from sponsorships is just, you know, it's, it's a little bit. I mean, it helps move things along, but it in no way... Um, with the way it is in no way, you know, entices us to kind of keep going indefinitely with the show. I think we need a help, a little help there uh, from our audience as well. So what we're trying to do is produce good quality content and give you extra material that you wouldn't get otherwise and see if we can't get some assistance from our audience as well. I mean, if you think about it, you have an Amazon subscription, a Netflix subscription, or you go rent a movie, um, you know, $5 is nothing to, we're going to rent a movie for $5, probably at least once a weekend, you know, four times a month. Well, $5 for the entire month to, uh, to get the podcast and the additional content, uh, I think is a phenomenal deal. So we're kind of hoping you guys will, uh, help us out and consider becoming Patreon. So I spoke a lot about that. What do you have to add to that, Kurt? You know, I think the thing is that we believe that what we're doing with our show has a lot of value and finding ways to let the show really support itself. 
that really matters for the the continuity of the show. If we're going to keep going with this thing, then it's going to have to uh, be able to make it worth its while. And we've said that on the show before. So this is another way to do it. It's like, well, we can put more content and do more things if we have more people that want to support the show on Patreon, but let's make it worth their while. So it's not just a donation, but rather it's a way that they can get uh, content and a chance to win some cool gear and, and an opportunity to be a part of the show, you know? So that's going to be a big deal for us. And uh, you want to talk about the new content that you're wanting to start on the show? Or are we too early for that? Oh, no, I think it's a good time for that. And uh, so one of the the things we want to do for new content, and we're looking at just putting this behind uh, the Patreon system. So only Patreon members will get this. But I want to do a new series, kind of a spin-off, but it's still under the same Adventure Sports Podcast brand, is essentially a Life Outside the Box series. These episodes would be talking to people about how they've figured out how to go live life differently. And we touch on that a little bit with some of our adventurers. You know, we find out somebody lives out of a van and uh, makes a little bit money on the side doing this or that. But ultimately, they're, they're living the life that they want by sacrificing, you know, maybe as, as an example. What I want to do is delve more into people that have figured out simply how to get the best of both worlds. They figured out how to live outside the box, meaning they're not a person that just goes to their nine to five every day, sits in traffic, but they're still making an income. They didn't come from inheritance or a trust fund or something like that. These are people that actually have figured it out because I think a lot of people would love to do that. I am working on that myself with my own family. You and I are already there uh, to an extent. You know, We both delved into that, but I'm looking to take the next step myself. And I think a lot of people in this day and age uh, have the same desire and the same dream, but they just can't figure out how to make it work. And there are plenty of people out there who have figured out how to make it work. And we want to hear from them and talk to them and see how they manage to do it and what their day-to-day life is like living outside the box. So it will still be adventure-related in, sense, in the sense of, you know, these are people that are you know, involved in adventure travel and they're they're having some sort of adventurous life because they've made this choice, but they're not sacrificing to do it. You know, they're not probably not living out of a van and, you know, eating ramen noodles every night. They figured out how to do both things and, uh, you know, have their cake and eat it too. So I hope you guys would be excited and enjoy episodes like that. It's something that I look forward to and, uh, I think it'll be great episodes. So again, those will be patron only episodes, patron only episodes. You know, I'm going to do an episode, in the near future, that's going to be talking about ways to make your life more adventure-friendly, if not get all the way to an adventure-focused lifestyle. I think that that matters. There are lots of practical things that people can start doing in their everyday life, and it's kind of a skill. You know, you can take your current life and tweak a couple of things and make room for adventure, but you can also totally revolutionize your life and get a, a completely different outcome. But I want to do a show about that, and I think maybe we'll air that both places But that's just going to be kind of the tip of the iceberg of where we want to go, interviewing people that have found a way to have the the kind of lifestyle that so many of us really want to have, you know? And so I think that'll be fun. So Travis, what's the difference between a climbing guide and a large pizza? I don't know. A large pizza can feed a family of four. (laughs) (laughs) That's just wrong. That is kind of messed up. (laughs) And then I found some jokes online here. This is forumsmtbr.com, but these are uh, biker jokes, mountain biking jokes, road biking jokes. Um, here's some things, some translations, so you can better understand biker talk. Here's the guy who says, I'm on a beater bike. The translation is, I had this baby custom made in Tuscany using titanium blessed by the Pope. I took it in a wind tunnel and it disappeared. It weighs less than a popcorn fart and costs more than a divorce. <laughs> I like it. And that's another thing we wanted to talk about, actually. And maybe I'll make it part of the uh, the show about how to get more adventure in your life. It needs to be. And that is the cost of this stuff. 
It's not just a matter of figuring out how to feed yourself and your family while you're doing adventure. It's also a matter of affording the gear. And so we're going to dive a little bit more into that sort of stuff behind the Patreon wall, maybe make it more practical. And uh, hopefully that'll be something that everyone's going to want to listen to. I know everyone will want to listen to it. We need every single person on the planet to listen to it behind our Patreon. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I know we talk about, lately we've talked about the Patreon thing quite a bit, um, but it's a need. It's it's something we need to to grow and to continue our show. Um, I think we want, everybody wants some, you know, free stuff in this world. I think with the, the days of Google and, you know, expectations that you can just go online and get free media and free entertainment and, you know, free Google Docs, all that kind of stuff, you know, that stuff on the surface is free, but there's always a cost, obviously. I mean, we give up our privacy and our data to pay for those free services. When it comes to a show like this, there's no such thing as giving up your privacy or your data or your information, anything like that. Even if you're joining our mailing list, that's not information that we sell. We don't make money off of, of you guys signing up. We simply use that to let you know how the show is going and keep you apprised of, of what we're doing. So for us, it's we really do need some paying members to help keep the thing going. And what we want to do is give you guys you paying members a whole lot extra for doing that. Lately, or I should say to date, our Patreon has been pretty much a, hey, if you really like the show, donate to us. But to be completely candid, we get $60 a month uh, out of Patreon. I mean, that's that's the that's what comes through there. Um, so it doesn't do a whole lot. We truly adore the people who have ponied up, you know, the, the trailblazers, um, who have donated the show under that guise and not really getting, you know, any benefit. They're just doing it for the love of the show. And you guys are great. We really appreciate that. So we want to take that one step further and give you a whole lot more content and hopefully entice you guys to be more a part of the show and help us continue. Um, cause we want to continue this. We need a reason to continue. I have a quick joke for you real quick. Cause okay. as you were, as you were telling him, I was looking at another one. How can you tell Santa is a climbing bum? I don't know. How do you know that? He's got a beard, always wears the same clothes, and only works one day a year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, climbers. And remember, I is one, so hopefully that gets me a little grace. Yeah, that's funny, man. <laughs> that's funny. Let's talk about I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit out here. Um one of the things we've been working on as a family in my family is that my wife and I, for we counted it up 17 years now, have always had a dream of going and living full-time on an RV and still making money, earning an income, but showing our kids the country. Uh, our kids are homeschooled, and what we would love to do is go to the place that they're going to learn about and show them first person. So they can lay their eyes on it. They can experience it, see it, smell it, feel it, you know, the, the history of our country, and they can go there and be a part of it. We've always wanted to do that. We've been searching and waiting for the opportunity to do that because it's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to figure out how can you make money on the road and do that. So we are in the process of seeking out the correct rig, you know, truck and uh, trailer for our family to live on. We're getting our house ready to rent out for a year and we're going to go get on an RV late summer or fall and we're going to spend a full year on the road doing that. I can't wait for the the chance to get that done. It's been 17 years and we're we're finally there and it's very exciting. It's scary at the same time. This is not an easy process. In fact, when we finally made the decision recently that we were absolutely going to do this, it went from window shopping and dreaming to oh crap, this is reality. I've got to figure out all this stuff because there's so much involved. So it all of a sudden became stressful, which is okay. That's good. Um, but we're going through that process. And one of the things I look forward to do is sharing that process with our audience while we're on the road. So we haven't figured out how we're going to do that yet. I'm thinking about doing some video stuff. So it'd be neat to uh, start up a, a YouTube channel. I should say continue our YouTube channel, which doesn't get a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of videos uploaded to it. I would like to do some of that stuff, but certainly you and I will chat about things that, that we're experiencing, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that stuff. So I look forward to sharing that experience with our audience. And that in part is kind of why we we thought maybe this whole Life Outside the Box series would be uh, a good one to start up because I think so many people have that desire and just aren't sure how to get started or how it goes or, you know, will they, will they like it, you know, a year after they start? And who knows if I will, you know, a year into it, we, we might be pulling our hair out and saying, forget it, we're done with this. But you guys will be able to get to know about how that's all going with us. So pretty excited to uh, start that and to share that. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, let's unpack that a little bit because I'm, you can't just say we're going to move out our house and hit the road and be on the road for a year. <laughs> There's, there, I mean, come on, that is so much. Um, first off, hopefully the Adventure Sports Podcast will help to make that a little bit easier. But the reality is that's not how you're paying for this. What did right. you have to do with your career and your lifestyle to be able to pull that off? So as you listeners, I'm sure you know, we've talked about it enough. Kurt and I still work full-time. We are not doing this show uh, you know, on the, the income that, that is coming in, you know, far from it. So we both work full-time. In my recent career, I've been working full-time at home for the last three years, and I'm moving to a new position, taking a new job that is also full-time at home, but includes the the additional freedom of being able to do my work from the road, no matter where I am in the country. Uh, it's a little bit more independent than it has been in the past. So our life kind of came to a head. We had, I had the, kind of had the opportunity in my, my previous position to do it, but we had, uh, kids activities that they were involved in that were kind of keeping us anchored to our hometown. And it's a recent development that the kids are kind of at a point in their life where their activities aren't necessarily anchoring them right now. It's not keeping us here. Uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom and homeschooler, and I work remotely so we've kind of gotten to the point where everybody at this point is on board saying, yes, I'm in. You know, you have to kind of get buy-in from all family members, I think, if you want to have a happy existence, you know, in a situation like this. So we've kind of come to this point where we can finally say, yes, we're all on the same page and we want to do it. So that's the that's why we're taking this opportunity now we fear our window of opportunity is going to close quickly if we don't jump on it now we want our kids in a certain age range to be able to do this once they get a little bit older we want them to be back with their friends and and doing their either one day of school with friends that they they normally do and to do the high school thing and all that. So right now is our chance to do it. And that's why we're jumping on it. So it's not been an easy thing. It's not uh, just falling on our lap, but it's kind of like, okay, if we want to do this, we're going to do it now. So that's where we are right now. That's cool. So there are some key points I want to pull out there. One is you got a location independent job. And, you know, we should probably talk at some point about how someone does that, but I can give a few clues you build a skill set that is such that you can provide a service to people um, without much guidance and that you are the expert and then people will come to you for information. And that's that's part of the equation of that. You mentioned homeschooling. Of course, you, your kids have to have school. I want to talk briefly about that because there's a lot of mixed feelings about homeschooling in the United States. And I can say from experience, we homeschooled all our kids too. But there are people at homeschool because they say, you know what, I believe that we can do a fantastic job of educating our, our kids and that we can do it in a way that really matches our family's values and experiences and frees us up to do things like what you're talking about. And there are homeschooled kids that just really excel. Um, when they get to college, it becomes obvious because they're the ones with all the scholarships and the ones that are doing really, really well academically and socially and everything in college. There are other homeschooled kids that uh, might not have that experience. So homeschooling is not an excuse not to educate your kids. I just want to say that up front. 
Homeschooling is a wonderful opportunity to give your kids the best education. And I'm going to say one more thing on this and we'll move on. But homeschooling is not about mom and dad teaching the kids so much as it is about parent-directed education. And uh, it really works. You can find thousands of resources that can help to educate your kids. And you can work with your kids to do that. And it, it's just a beautiful experience then to be a part of the, uh, your kids' lives on that level. So congratulations, Travis. All the, all the variables came together for you guys. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And obviously, we'll keep everybody up to date. And uh, on the, like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, I don't expect it to all be uh, lollipops and candy canes. But uh, I, I think that the way I look at it is we probably will not come back off the road uh, from this journey and wish we hadn't done it at all. You know, it may not be the the coolest thing we've ever done. And we may decide that it's not for us. It could be the other way around. We could decide, man, we really don't want to stop now. Let's keep going. So we have that window open. So we're kind of where our plans are to do it for a year and then evaluate where we are. And then we may or may not decide to do a second year, depending on how we all liked it and, and where things are in life. I mean, jobs can change and obviously that can, uh, that could shut the door on everything and pull us back home. But we have to take the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. So you're not planning on taking a year-long vacation. You're planning on working and schooling on the road to add variety to your life experience. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll still be working, uh, you know, during the day, every day of the week, like I do now, except for weekends. And, uh, you know, and Jen and the kids, they'll be doing their schoolwork. And, uh, but at the same time, we'll be in a different location, something new and exciting each week, and be able to show the kids, you know, what the rest of the country is like, because we, you know, the United States is a big country. And so many of us have not traveled, hardly any of it. And when my kids get done with college and are thinking about where they might want to take a job and what they want to do for employment, uh, my hope is that they will have a good feel for the entire country. Um, if they want to continue to live in this country, they'll at least know where, what areas they like and which areas they don't like as much. So it'll give them a good feel for what they might be able to do in life. Mm. You know, something else I want to throw out there about your kids. I think this is such a cool opportunity. Um, how would you like to teach your kids a, a little course on geology while you're at the Grand Canyon? How would right. you How would you like to teach government and, and um, civics in Washington D.C.? You know, how would you like to teach about the Civil War in Gettysburg? You know, why not teach about how European settlers first came to the Americas in uh, in places like Plymouth? You know, why not? It's so cool because you can take the kids there and use all the museums and the locations and build context around the education so they realize the reality of it. Instead of just dry facts out of a book, they can uh, see what's really going on and what what happened. You know what I mean? That's the most beautiful thing about what you guys are lining up here. I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's all about. And it's, and it's not just the educational piece of it. Like I said, it's the experience. You know, if you're landlocked in the middle of Kansas or Colorado, what's it like to live on the ocean? You know, what is the humidity like? You know, what is the air smell like? What is the what do the birds sound like? I mean, to be able to know as a, an 18 year old young person, what it's like to be on the coast, what it's like to be in the mountains, what it's like to be out in the middle of the country, what it's like to be in the the south, the lush south with humidity, or what it's like to be in the north up near the, the border of Canada. And speaking of Canada, we plan on going up through Canada as well. So they'll get to feel, get a feel for what Canada is like, what the people are like around this country in Canada and experience all that. So I think it's a huge opportunity for them, and I'm I'm very excited and I'm proud to be able to give them that opportunity. So good things should come out of it. I can't yeah. imagine they won't. So this is what we mean by living outside of the box. It doesn't mean you're hitting the road with your family, uh, but it is a way to say, okay, what can I do to live this one life as well as I can? You know, What can my family do so we can live our life together to the very maximum potential? You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that's what we're going to try to do with that new series, which is going to be, again, on Patreon. 
So hopefully you guys are excited about that and you're thinking, okay, that's all worth $5 a month. I mean, that's a whole $5 a month. <laughs> you kind of can't beat that. So we're hoping you guys will uh, join us and, uh, and take advantage of everything we're going to offer to our Patreon members. It's not expensive, but if we can get a, a lot of people in there doing that for a mere five bucks a month each, then obviously that goes a long way with our ability and our motivation to keep this show going. We want to keep it going. Um, but to be honest, if we don't get the help, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of desire and motivation to keep doing this as a hobby. You know, you guys hopefully understand that, that part of it. So, Hey, speaking of shows and we talk about giveaways and uh, sponsorships and, you know, demos and that kind of stuff. Uh, Danner Boots comes to mind. And I think that Danner didn't sponsor the show, but you guys heard an episode from Outdoor Retailer where we talked to a Danner representative. And we wanted to point out that Danner sent Kurt and I boots uh, as a demo. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't any kind of arrangement like, hey, you know, do a review on these or anything like that. They just sent them because they loved their product and they knew that we would love them too. So I wanted to talk briefly about that, give them a shout out, even though they didn't ask for it, uh, about these boots because I absolutely love both pairs of Danner boots I received. And I'll talk about mine real quick. So I received the, or I, I, had them give me, they got, they let us choose. I got the mountain 600. It's a four and a half inch, um, you know, mid hiking boot. And I kid you not, I say this, I'm not getting paid for anything, but it is absolutely the most comfortable hiking boot I've ever had. Um, I enjoy them so much. I'm looking forward to do lost Creek with them at this point. Um, I've had a lot of trouble with hiking boots in the past. I have wide feet and all my hiking boots have blown out or just caused me problems on the trail. And this is the first set that I, I have worn that I feel like I'm wearing sneakers on the trail. Uh, yet I get some support out of them and, uh, waterproofing out of them. So, um, if you guys are in the market for boots this summer, uh, getting ready for your adventures, do us a favor and do yourself a favor. At least go check out what Danner Boots has to to offer and and see what's on on their list of things because I absolutely love my boots. They also sent a pair of Camp Shermans, which are a, a three inch, uh, technically a hiking boot, but I know you have the same ones. I like to wear mine more as a kind of a casual dress shoe, you know, with a pair of jeans or something. I, I love those boots. That's how I use them. I don't hike with them. And I think they're perfect for that. So I just want to kind of give them a shut out. Yeah. Those low top hikers, they, they look nice enough that in a casual business setting, you can wear them to the office. And I do, I wear mine to the office all the time. Uh, and they look really good, but yeah, you still have the tread and everything you might need if you're going to have to deal with winter conditions and stuff like that. And besides that, it's just kind of, you know, if you're an outdoorsy person, it's fun to wear a, a shoe that looks classy enough that you can wear it in a business setting, but still says, hey, I'm an outdoorsy person, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I identify I with it. it and they're comfortable too. Um, and one thing I'd mentioned about Danner Boots is uh, the ones that we have tried, they are different from other boots. And, and it might be hard to characterize that until you see them, but... They're not exactly the same. You know, they're, you can go to a, an outdoor store and try on five, six different brands of hiking boots, and they all are very, very similar. And one may fit you for your foot shape and size a little bit better than another, and eventually you walk out, but they're all very, very similar. I've had that experience a lot. And tried on Danner, I'm like, this is not the same boot. This is unique. So if you're looking for something that is different and might work better for you, then make sure you include Danner in your search because they're, they're doing some unique things with their boots. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a way to tell them that you heard about them on the Adventure Sport, Sports Podcast, absolutely, please do that for us. Again, like I said, they are not a sponsorship. They, they weren't even uh, an agreement to promote their item. But And if I didn't like the boots that they gave me, I would not be talking about them because we're not obligated to. Um, the boots 
I'm so happy with the boots that I just, I wanted to make sure we gave them a shout out because it's a good quality product and I appreciate the, them giving us a chance to demo their product. So that's very cool. I will not be giving my Danner boots away to Patreon members. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out is that we don't do a lot of gear reviews on our show, but I have made a, a promise to our listeners and that promise continues on. If I get something from somebody to review and I really don't think it's a great product, then um, I'll, I'll send it back and I won't do a review on the show. So if you hear a review on the show, it's because there's something about the product that I like, that I find unique, that might fill a niche for you, or that the product has just blown me away. Whatever it is, if you hear us talking about a product, it's not because someone sent us a free product and we're obligated, because we're not. We'll just ship it back. We're only going to let you know about products that we feel like have value. So anyway, throwing that out there again. Absolutely. That's, that's well said. Yeah. I don't want people to think we're, we're paid to talk about products. No. Um, if it's something that is something that we truly like and we think you guys could make use of or would be interested in, yes, we're going to tell you about it. If it's a product that's total bunk, then you're never going to hear about it from us in all honesty. Yep. Even if somebody sends something something to us and says, please review us on the show, if it's a bad product, then it's going to get a bad review. We're probably just going to say, hey, we're not going to run your review. You know, we won't get, in the, get into the realm of talking badly about people. Um, but what you will get is if you have product reviews from us, it's because it's a good product. So in all honesty. I've got a product right now that I'm testing and there's some things about it that are really cool. But there's one drawback to it I can't overcome. I think that one's going back to the manufacturer. Um, but just, you know, it does happen. I've got one right now that's so cool in some ways, but I'm like, I don't know if I can really throw my recommendation behind it. So anyway, it happens. Won't name any yeah, names. There you go. So well, as long as you guys know you're getting honest information out of us, that's all we care about. Yeah. So we, uh, we have a loyal following and we want to keep it that way. Um, mountain biking. Gunnison. Yeah, man. So I want to talk about our trip a little bit. Um, I had the bug early this season to hop in the van, my son and son and I, uh, Harley, my son, and I to go somewhere. I wanted to get out of Dodge, go camp out of the van, and mountain bike straight from the van because to me that is the coolest way to do it. I <laughs> mean, just wake up in the morning, make yourself a cup of coffee, get some breakfast, and then hop on the bike and go instead of, you know, loading all your equipment and driving up to the trails, all that stuff. So I had that bug and I contacted you about it. And ultimately, because we had only been down to Gunnison twice, we decided that we would come down to Gunnison and camp on the BLM land near you uh, in Hartman Rocks and have you guys up to ride. So that was a great weekend. We came down on a Thursday night. I actually worked out of my van during the day on Friday, and then you guys showed up on Friday evening and hung out. We did some riding. We did some camping and uh, had an absolute blast. It was a great weekend, but we had a little bit of a, a dilemma and tragedy that weekend. So I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> well, you make it sound really tragic. I, I don't think dun, Dan. Dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Dan would think it's quite that tragic. He has such a, a great attitude. But uh, mountain biking, I want to point out, has become a really great family sport because it's something that you can do together. And what's neat about it is, let's just compare it real quickly to like motorcycles. A lot of people like to get their kids involved with motorcycles. They go out and ride motorcycles together. But you have a, a helmet on, a loud bike. You don't get to communicate. You know, you're together, but you're you're not interacting that much. And you get on a mountain bike. Now you can talk while you ride, and it's slower. And you pause and try to get up stuff together and, and laugh about it. And and anyway, it makes a beautiful family sport. So families out there, if you're looking for a sport. I, I would look into biking, mountain biking especially. It can be so rewarding. What a fun way to encounter nature and be together. But um, Daniel is an excellent mountain biker. And he has a cross-country bike because he races. And he does cross-country races. So it's the right bike for that. But where we were riding, a trail bike has a lot of advantages. Because the, the frame geometry and the amount of travel and the suspension just makes it a, a more stable bike for extreme trails. And... I guess here's the tragedy of it. Daniel finally found the limit of a cross-country bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, he's, he's an excellent rider, and he's good enough that he's pretty game to try stuff. He headed down a, a trail called Freefall, and Freefall is really extreme. I mean, it, it would and be— it's, it's named incorrectly. I'll go into that later. 
<laughs> okay. Um, but what happened was there is a, a rock face that just went down so steeply that without the right shoes on, you can't walk it. It's that steep. And uh, Dan looked at it and thought, okay, this is one I can do. And he did everything right. He got, he had his seat lowered. He got way down behind his seat. So his weight was far back. You know, he had his arms in the right position, his feet in the right position, and he headed down this thing, and it got so steep that his bike rolled on him anyway, and it didn't roll at the bottom, which would have been better. It rolled about a third the way up this cliff. So, rolled meaning up on the front wheel and over right. the bars. Right. Yeah, he endowed. He endowed over the bars, and, you know, we've analyzed it. Would there be a way to ride it on that bike without that happening? And yes and no. Um, he may have been able to have done a, a little bit of a manual, released the brakes and rolled out of it. But the problem was there was a 90 degree turn immediately at the bottom of the cliff. So he, <laughs> right. he had to keep his speed in check or else, you know, he wasn't going to make the turn at the bottom either. And then he'd be in the boulders and the trees. So I don't know if there was on his bike, a better way to do it than he did, but he went over the handlebars and dropped, Ooh, probably 10 feet before he touched ground again and broke his arm just above his wrist. So not necessarily a tragedy, Ouch. but it was a setback. And he had a great attitude about it. Um, I got to tell you this because it's so funny. Uh, the other guy that was there, Daniel was laying there, not moving a lot, not making any noise, you know, and I know Daniel. So the other guy says, man, jump up, let's go. And because there's no appearance that Daniel got hurt. So I get to where Daniel right. is and I look at him and say, hey, Dan, what hurts? He says, mm, my wrist, my wrist hurts. And the other guy says, well, we'll grab some ibuprofen. I said, I said no, <laughs> you, you don't understand my son. <laughs> Daniel is so darn tough that he doesn't carry on at all. And so he actually carried and rode his bike out of there himself with a broken arm and uh, ended up with a cast, you know. So it's like, wow, that's uh, that's the way it turned out. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one. Um, and we talk about free fall. Free fall is a double black diamond trail in Hartman Rocks down in Gunnison, Colorado. And, you know, it's certainly rideable, but, and I don't know if you brought it up. I was, I kind of spotted a shiny object while you were talking and I didn't catch whether you mentioned the head angle of a cross country bike versus a trail bike. No. Okay. So when my son and I, when Harley and I rode down it, we were ahead of you guys and didn't, didn't realize that you were coming down the same trail. We rode it, but we both have trail bikes, which have a different head angle, which means the, the angle of the, you know, of the forks is, uh, means the wheel is stuck out further in front of you, which gives you a better, uh, base to go down steep hills because you're more planted that way. Uh, when Dan's riding a cross-country bike, he has a steeper head angle, which means he's more prone to do that over-the-bar crash. Um, so when Harley and I rode down it, uh, I looked back, you know, and I said, well, one, I would never do that, you know, without a dropper post uh, and get to be able to get back over the, the wheel, which Dan was able to do, luckily. And then after the fact, it was pretty obvious that, yeah, if you're on a cross-country bike, man, that makes it even tougher to get down there and keep your weight far enough back uh, to keep it off of that steep head angle. So poor Dan. I mean, good for the, the guy for riding it, and hopefully he gets back on the saddle soon and his arm heals up for him. But we wish him all the best, and uh, it was uh, kind of a an unfortunate event and a crazy day because of it. Yeah. But he's a strong kid. You're right. He's a tough kid. He's a good sport. He, he's kind of bumming because he wants to be training for his mountain bike racing this fall. And that got delayed a little bit, but he, uh, he's still out fly fishing and, uh, he's doing a little bit of one handed biking around town and easy trails. You know, he's staying active and looking for ways to do other things. He's, uh, he's being a real good sport about it. So, yeah, yeah. That's just the way he is. Well, let's talk about upcoming things. Um, I don't know at this point, uh, what my next adventure after the Lost Creek Wilderness backpacking trip is. I assumed the summer was going to be chock full of adventure, but now that we've decided to do this RV thing, I have so many things to put in place. I have to get the house ready, get the yard ready, get you know rigs uh, figured out and bought and all of that. Um, a lot of financial things to figure out in order to make all that work. That's like a big puzzle. Um 
So I don't know what else my summer is going to entail other than all of that work. What do you have planned? What are you thinking? Well, I have, this is the problem with doing the Adventure Sports Podcast. You get so many ideas and you can't do them all because the time's so limited, but um, we're going to do a lot of mountain biking. That's a given. That's just kind of what we do these days. But my uh, oldest son is coming home from college and he says, Dad, I want to climb a lot of 14ers this summer. And he's willing to climb the ones that I haven't climbed, which means I'll get darn close to finishing my list. Um, I haven't really tried to finish the list. I started climbing 13ers. But if I'm going to go back and do more 14ers, then I think I have something like 16 to go. So anyway, we're going to climb a lot of mountains. And then with my daughter, I want to do a lot of rock climbing. Uh, She really enjoys trad climbing. And so we're going to jump into that more because it's something that the two of us can share And I can improve my skills that way and get back into rock climbing a little bit more. And so those two things are kind of a focus for it. Uh, Also want to do some family camping and that sort of thing. But we just moved to Gunnison last fall. We feel like we are camping in the sense that we're in such a great (laughs) location to do fun things. There's no end to it. So we're just going to keep exploring the area, man, and, and finding what kind of adventures we can have close to home. Right on. Well, and in a busy life, you can't exactly schedule your whole summer out either. I mean, it's we would love to, but, you know, we both know how things go. You almost have to take it um, month by month or maybe even week by week at that point and just kind of figure out when you can squeeze the adventure in. I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that. Um, but good. It's going to be a good summer. I think we've gotten off to a uh, an early start, both of us, and I'm excited for, for what comes out. Yeah. But just a word to the wise, don't break your arm at the beginning of mountain biking season. You know, don't <laughs> right. don't break your leg or twist your knee at the beginning of ski season. <laughs> Take it easy. And one thing that came out of that, Dan, he's a smart kid. You know, he says, wow, I probably should have worked up to that a little bit before I just tried that really big one. And uh, so he found a limit. But one word to the wise is find something that pushes your envelope just a little bit. Do it 10 times in a row until you've got it really hammered and nailed. And then you'll find something that pushes the envelope just a little bit more and do it eight or 10 times. What I'm saying is don't just start looking for your limit and going harder and harder and harder and harder and harder because you will find your limit and it can ruin your season. So yeah, just a word to the wise. That's a true statement. All right. Well, I think we ought to wrap it up. It's actually been a pretty long episode. I'm hoping people hung in there to uh, to listen to us ramble about uh, what we want to do with the show. And, and I, I hope I hope what we want to do with the show moving forward is exciting to you guys. I really do. To be completely honest, we need the help. We need the help from you guys. We need patrons to help support the show. Um, I think, you know, I think if things were just kind of going the way they are now, we bring in a little income, but honestly, it's still a hobby for you and I, right? I honestly think if things stay status quo, I would probably hang it up, not do the podcast. And I would go do more adventures, you know, do more stuff with my life than sit here and, and edit uh, interviews. And I'm sure you would probably think the same thing. You'd rather just, you know, go do fun things instead of uh, interviewing people that are doing fun things. So guys, we are truly pleading with you. Please do consider becoming a patron of the show. We're going to give you a lot more benefit for doing so, but in turn, we'll get the benefit of having that financial motivation to keep the show going. We want to produce awesome, inspiring episodes for you guys, and we want you to get a lot out of it. We want to inspire you and new people, um, but we also we need to get something out of it too. So I know we're being completely candid here and I hope that's okay with you guys, uh, but that's kind of where we stand, you know, the state of the show. So I hope you guys will consider it. There's one other thing about this show that I think is important that we hardly ever talk about, but it's that we have become the uh, the voice piece, the the sounding board, the forum for people who are out doing these adventures to share it with the planet and to be able to encourage other people to uh, to do the same thing. But if you are an adventurer out there and uh, you have things that you want to share, then we are your your show. We're there for you. And that's another value instead of just for the listeners. We, we are a forum for the adventurers as well so that they have a way to share what's going on in their worlds. So I think there's value there too. So anyway, that's yeah, all. Absolutely. 
Well, if you guys want to get in on some giveaways, we got those bark baths like I talked about. We have that tensile tent. We have the Faber snowshoes. We have the Aftershock headphones. We have a bunch of books, and we'll have stuff coming up in the future. If you guys want to get in on that, you want to help support the show more, you want to get on in on the extra episodes that we're going to be producing for patrons only, then, yeah, consider the $5 a month. I mean... Obviously, if you want to up the ante, that's great. But all we ask is $5 a month to do that. And we're going to give you all that stuff. And I did want to make one point. I don't think we we made it clear. We, at this point, are still planning on putting out two free episodes each week on Mondays and Thursdays like we always have. But I think right now the plan is to put a new episode out probably Monday. And then Thursday's show will be a rerun from our back catalog because we did realize that you know we've got 400 episodes and we know that everybody listening now is not somebody that was with us in the past. There's a good chance that you guys haven't heard them, and it's not likely that people are going to go back and listen to 400 episodes to catch up with a show. So being that we have so much content out there, we're going to start running a rerun a week plus a new show a week. So your free content will go down to one new show a week, and we're going to put, like I said, all that value into Patreon. So please do consider becoming a patron to help guide the show, get involved in the show, let us know how things are going in the show, what you'd like to see changed, um, get involved with interviews and upcoming questions, all that stuff you guys will get to do. So I hope you guys consider it. Yep. I agree. And thanks everyone for listening. And thank you for listening to all the shows. You know, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is to listen, download the shows, hear what our guests and and uh, interviewees have to say, get some perspective and some motivation. Listen, but then share it with your friends. It makes so much difference if you just simply grab a link and email it or text it to a friend and say, dude, listen to this one. That That is worth so much for us. So thanks so much for listening in. Make sure you do get out there and have some fun.